You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, it's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. Just like that, here we go, kicking off hour number two of the show. Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920, coming to you a little earlier than normal. Normally, we're not on until 2 o'clock, but since uh, the Raiders play Monday Night Football tonight, you can hear that game right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Starting at 5.15, you can watch it right here at the Underground Lounge as well on one of these many TVs that they have here. But uh, since it's a little bit different timing than our normal day, we have myself uh, holding down unnecessary roughness from noon to 3.10. Then uh, JT the Brick and Eric Allen will pick things up at 3.15, live from Raiders HQ, which will lead you right up to kickoff with Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy on the call, so we kind of shift things around on game days when they fall on a Monday or a Thursday, especially on a Monday when we're usually here at the OYO for Monday night football. We here and we come to you a little bit early. Had my guy Jason uh, stop by earlier, get pit- hooked up with a, a couple T-shirts, and got that brand new Raider Nation Radio 920 bottle opener that I tell you about all the time. And people think I'd be gassing that thing up, man. It's so funny. People think I'd just be saying, "Oh, this is really cool. You need to have one." Until they see one, then they're like, "Okay, all right." Now I see what you're talking about. Now I'm picking up what you're laying down, Q. So there you go. We have a couple more T-shirts left. We have some cups and koozies left for you. And we have some of those exclusive Red Nation Radio 920 uh, bottle openers that you got to have in your collection. Even if you don't plan on opening a bottle with it, that's fine. You've got to have one in your collection because it looks really stinking cool. One of the finer things that we have to give out here uh, at the radio station. They did a, a, a fine job when they put that together. Really do uh, like what it looks like. So you make sure you add that and have that in your collection of course if you're coming here there's all kind of food and drink specials you can go to the bar dawn's at the bar right now holding it down so you know if you need some drinks she's going to hook it up there's some food right across the way from hooters they also have a nice little drink and food menu that they have at these tables and chairs that they have these new plush chairs and plush uh, couches and tables that they have right here uh, in front of these big TVs. So this is your one-stop shop. You want to be ready for game day. You want to be ready for the action this evening. You can do it all right here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Now, every couple weeks uh, on the radio station, uh, Boyd Gaming, the official local casino of the Las Vegas Raiders, hooks us up with a pair of tickets to give out to someone. And we've done it a couple times so far this year, and it's really cool. So earlier, we found out today that uh, Sean White was the winner of the tickets, and he actually got registered on the morning tailgate. And it was so funny, I'm trying to call him this morning when I found out. I'm trying to call him just to give him the news. I was like, man, I'm going to break, break the news to him. He's going to be excited and be fired up. I must have called my man about four or five times. About four or five times, I couldn't get him at all. So I said, well, all right, I'll just work on it when I get back to the station. I'll, I'll, I'll drive to the station, and then, you know, when uh, the morning tailgate gets off the air, then I'll use the studio. And I had this great plan in my head, right? You know how that goes, right? The plans in your head are always fantastic. It's the execution of them that's not. So I get halfway to the radio station, and I get a text from Sean. Hey, someone trying to get a hold of Sean. I wasn't in my truck. And I was like, ah, damn. So, so then I'm trying to decide what to do. Do I text back? And then he'll kind of know that what's going down or this, that, and the other. Well, anyway, long story short, by the time I got to the radio station, he had talked to Clay. He had talked to our guy in promotions already. But I wanted to call him anyway and make it official. So uh, here's that conversation. Quick couple minutes with Sean White, the winner of the tickets for this upcoming game on Sunday, the Raiders and the Giants at Allegiant Stadium. Hello? Hey, is this Sean? This is. Hey, Sean, what's happening, man? It's Q over here at Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, how's it going? 
Good, 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 man. I already know you got the official word already about uh, you being the grand prize winner, but I wanted to call and really like make it officially official, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I wanted to let you know officially that you're getting hooked up with a pair of tickets to the Raiders and Giants game at Allegiant Stadium. That's on November 5th. Thanks to Boyd Gaming, the official local casino partner of the Raiders. So you and a friend or you and uh, who are you going to bring to the game? Let's put it like that. Man, I don't even know yet. <laughs> <laughs> I heard That's that. awesome, though. Yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome. You got uh, you got registered. You got in to win on the morning tailgate with Clay, Lindsey, and Vinny. And so uh, thanks to Boy Gaming, like I said, you're going to be the winner of those tickets. So our guy in promotion is going to give you a call. You're going to get hooked up like that. But before that, got to have a, a, a game tonight, right? There's a game tonight going on, the Raiders and the Lions in Detroit. How are you feeling about Big tonight's game? game? Must-win game. How, how do you feel about this game? I feel like it's a must-win game. All right. For sure. No doubt, no doubt. What's what's it going to take for the Raiders to get the victory? Well, the defense has to do their thing, but that offense got to get more creative. They got to get those tight ends involved more. They got to be able to push the ball down the field. They got to get double tight end sets, do something. You sound like a damn offensive coordinator right there. Hold on, man. You, let me find out you're calling plays or something. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, if they let me. <laughs> I, man, I know that's right, man. Doesn't it get get frustrating when you're sitting there on the couch, you're watching the game, you're like, wait a minute, why did you call that play? <laughs> All I know is, is Mayer was – I'm a Notre Dame fan, so okay. I've seen Mayer do his magic, and they need to let that boy go. Yeah, I think he's going to be special, man. I really do. He's not, you know, quite there yet, but not only is he, I think, going to be a really good player, but he's going to be a hell of a leader, too. That's that's a dude right there. Oh, he's a, he's a, he's a 100% stud. Nice, nice. Well, you're going to get to see him up close and personal on Sunday uh, when the Raiders are back at home at Allegiant Stadium against the Giants. Again, you're getting hooked up with a pair of tickets thanks to Boyd Gaming. Well, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I love all you guys' shows, man. It's awesome. I listen to you guys every day. There you go, Sean White right there, the winner, the grand prize winner. Thanks to Boyd Gaming. Got a pair of tickets to go see the Raiders and the Giants at Allegiant Stadium coming up on Sunday. Of course, they've got business to handle tonight against the Detroit Lions before we worry about that. But just wanted to let you hear from a grand prize winner because that could easily be you. We do this multiple times throughout the course of the year, and there's winning all the time. We have the ultimate Raiders hookup that we have as well where we give out jersey tickets and a whole lot of other stuff. So just wanted to let you know that uh, – the real is the real, right? The hookup is the real. And so uh, there you go. Sean will be in Allegiant Stadium come Sunday. Now, I want you to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels as well. And, of course, you can continue with that feedback at 69187, keyword R&R, &R, and 702 365 That's the Raider Nation listener line. But want to know what the keys to victory are going to be for the Raiders this evening, what they have to do to find a way to get a dub in Detroit at Ford Field as the Raiders come in at 3-4 and four and the Lions come in at 5-2. and two. But – uh, here's head coach Joshua Daniels. We got to meet with him on Saturday at the Raiders uh, headquarters, Intermountain Health Performance Center. And uh, the first question was one that I asked was just about the team and the, the way that they practice. And really, I'm trying to concentrate on effort and energy, something that they didn't have in that game against the Bears. Good energy, um, uh, urgency, I think focus, um, just, you know, uh, a good attitude. And, and again, I think, you know, we... You know, there's a lot of ups and downs, and, you know, again, we want to stop having the downs as much as anybody else does. But when you do that, you know, uh, your leadership shows, and I think the guys really come out with a, a really good energy, you know. And uh, there's only, you know, you, you can you can only mourn a loss, you know, a very short time, and then you got to, you know, you got to move on, you know what I mean? you got to get ready for the next one and try to win it. So um, I really like the way that they've worked. Their approach has been 
uh, right on, and I expect today to be the same. So the energy was right throughout the course of the week, and that's something. Sometimes you can notice, you know, when the energy is not right with the team or certain players, and, you know, we've heard it before in the past, right? We've heard players come out and coaches come out and say, yeah, kind of had a bad feeling about this game just because what we saw in practice. I know Josh Jacobs has said it multiple times. Kind of had a feeling that this was coming based off what I saw in practice or how we practiced this week. It wasn't very good. I say it all the time. Games are won and lost. You know, Tuesday through Saturday, right? I mean, I know the game is executed on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays, Monday and this occasion, but your your practice week will determine how this game goes. And if you bust bust it in practice and you get after it and you execute at a high level and you're clicking on all cylinders, that gives you the greatest chance ever to, to win on Sunday or Monday or Thursday, whatever the case is. You've got to get it done during the practice week. And so that's why I asked the question, you know, what have you seen from the team? Because after the Bears game on Monday, I asked them, did you see this coming? Was this something that you, you know, thought was a possibility based on practice? And he said no. So, okay, now that he said that the energy and effort was great, I'm hoping that we see that tonight. On the, on the football field, the energy and the effort being where it needs to be. I mentioned at the top of the show, Daniel Carlson, him being questionable for the game tonight is a concern. He is a hell of a player, but here's, uh, here's Coach McDaniels just giving us an update on Saturday about Daniel Carlson. With him, I just I would trust him to know his body and situation better than everybody else, you know, um, and so he'll, he'll do what he needs to do today to, you know, kind of make an assessment. And then we'll we'll figure out if you know if that's something we're going to give two more days and you know give it a shot or not. You know what I mean? This it's a little tricky with the kicker based on you know if you you don't necessarily want to dress a backup. You know what I mean? If you will, so uh, making a call on that is probably what we're going to do one way or the other. Um, but today will be important. So that's the biggest thing right there. You're not going to have two kickers dressed. You're not. I mean, you only have a limited amount of roster spots of guys that could actually be um, active for the game. So you're not going to waste one having two kickers. Just, okay, if Carlson, maybe he can go, maybe he can't, then they'd have to go with James McCourt, who's the backup. So here's Coach McDaniels just talking about James McCourt, who is the backup kicker, is the guy that they signed is on the, the practice squad currently and could be called up this evening. We'll find out about 90 minutes before kickoff if Carlson is in or out. But here's just Coach McDaniels real quickly talking about uh, if he'll be ready and how much confidence they have in him. Yeah, he's had a good week. and. Uh, fits in with our guys, done a really good job in practice, strong leg, you know, um, you know, so he's, he's worked with our, you know, our snapper and, and our holder and got plenty of repetitions in. So um, really like what he's done and he'll be ready to go if we need him. Again, I think that's a very uh, interesting injury, intriguing, interesting, uh, intriguing injury, important injury to pay attention to and monitor. Uh, they don't call him Cash Money Carlson for no reason. Right. And, and you start to learn how special these players are when they when they miss a game. Right. And so there's nothing. I mean, look, James McCourt might be really good, but I know who Daniel Carlson is. So hopefully he's able to go. Hopefully he's 100 percent. Again, we'll find out about 90 minutes before kickoff if he's going to be active or inactive. Maybe Vinny will know when he joins the show coming up at two o'clock. We'll ask him. But uh, that could end up being a really, really important uh, loss for the Raiders if Carlson is not able to go. Now, as we're hearing from Josh McDaniels, he met with us on Saturday at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. I want to hear, want you to hear what he had to say about Hunter Renfro and his usage. And this is a couple questions you'll hear the next couple answers. Vinny asked him about Hunter Renfro. I've asked him about Hunter a couple times, about him getting involved. And, you know, it just it's something that hasn't happened. And, and when he's answered before, he's really talked about the whole offense has not really got going. But here's uh, Josh McDaniels responding to Vinny about Hunter Renfro's usage and the fact that it's gone down over the past couple seasons. 
Well, I think there's a lot of things that have happened over two years, too. I mean, last year, I think the biggest part of it was health and, you know, just being able to, you know, do the things that he was able to do the year before. Um, I, I think this year, you know, I, we've talked about this a lot. You know, we got to do a better job of doing some things to try to, you know, find ways to, to have him integrated into the into the, the scheme. And, um, again, I think some of it is circumstantial, honestly. Um, some of it is, you know, we maybe miss an opportunity. And um, some of it is you try to, you know, focus more on it and do it more. So I think there's a lot of things that can help improve that. He's obviously a guy that can help us produce, and he has in the past. And um, one of many that we would like to try to get more involved doing things that, you know, they're right down his alley and, and his skill set can really be productive for us. So, um, you know, we'll see if we can, you know, turn a corner on, on that. There's other guys I'd say are in the same boat, but uh, just offensively in general, produce, produce, produce from each position, you know, every guy as much as we can. And, uh, again, there's one ball, but, you know, we got to start finding, you know, a, a bunch of different guys here to help them. Um, you know, get into the flow of the game and help our offense be, be more productive. Coach McDaniels, just on the production and the usage of Hunter Renfro and the way he's gone down uh, as far as, you know, just the, the balls that he's catching. Hell, even the snaps, the snaps that he's out there on the field have been uh, minimal uh, this past season. And, and that's unfortunate because we know just a couple seasons ago he caught 100-plus balls. We know how good he could be. And he was the guy that I thought was going to benefit the most from Coach McDaniels being the Raiders head coach because of what we've seen from the slot receivers in the past, right? And, we, we, you know, we're always going to go back to the last thing we saw. And the last thing we saw was New England and what he was able to do with the Patriots as far as the slot receivers go. And it's been everything but that for Hunter Renfro, which has really blown my mind. And, you know, I'll never have an answer to it until the whole scenario is done and, and, and over with, right? I mean, it's just it's one of those things that just it seems so bizarre, so strange. And there were some reports late last week, you know, Jordan Schultz from uh, – he's now a Bleacher Report. He used to be at the score and uh, with a couple other outlets like Yahoo. Uh, he had put out a, a report about the relationship, like the – the, the man-to-man friendship-type relationship between Coach McDaniels and Hunter Renfro had, um, you know, ha- had been a problem or is a problem and that the Raiders are trying to move on from him. And I was told by you know, someone who would definitely know about that relationship that that's not really the case. But Vinny followed up his question about Renfro's usage on the relationship that's out there as far as the, you know, the, the questioning that their relationship. He asked him about that with Hunter Renfro. Here's what Coach McDaniels had to say about that. No, that's not. Well, first of all, I, I don't know. I've never heard that. Um, but, you know, that's certainly not the case. Um, you know, and I think Hunter's a great a great guy. I think Hunter's had a, a really productive uh, career so far. And, um, again, I think part of this is, you know, I, I need to focus on the things I can do to help, you know, that, you know, continue to improve. Um, you know, and we have other players too. You know what I mean? And those guys, you know, come along and do some things too. And, um, you know, that's the nature of when you have skilled players that, you know, they all want the ball and they all can do things to get the ball. And um, sometimes decisions, whether it's personnel groupings or scheme or what have you, um, that can affect that, obviously, you know. So the bottom line is Hunter's a, uh, still a really good football player and, and needs to be a part of our plan to help us win. And, um, and I need to do everything I can do to help ourselves do that. So there you go. There's Coach McDaniels talking about Hunter Renfro and says that there's no problem with the relationship. Again, uh, those are his words, right? I 
I can't tell you what the relationship is like. I haven't heard either one of those guys. You know, I haven't heard uh, from Hunter about the relationship. I know he's talked to Vinny, but I didn't get a chance to talk to Hunter. I uh, didn't see him in the locker room on Saturday at all. But that was uh, the response right there to that report last week that was out from Jordan Schultz that uh, the relationship was fractured. Just got a couple more sound bites I want you to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels as we met with him on Saturday at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. And this one is about the Lions and their wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown. And he is fantastic dealing with the illness. So uh, that's something to pay attention to. But this is just about the cornerbacks, the Raiders cornerbacks, the Marcus Peters, the Jacorian Bennett, the Meek Robertsons, those guys going up and covering uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, this guy's really a talented player. Um, you know, I'm not sure that you're, you know, he just, he moves all over the formation. He's obviously a very integral part of their offense. Um, explosive player when he gets the ball in his hands, very difficult to tackle. Um, you know, again, you, it, you're probably not going to stop him from having the ball, um, you know, uh, in every situation uh, because it just, like I said, they do too many things with him, and um, he's going to end up with it at some point. So um, just going to have to try to neutralize the yards after catch, honestly, as much as we can because I think that's an explosive element of their offense that probably doesn't get as much attention as it should. Um, I think they do a really good job of, of trying to find ways for him to have space and then and be productive with the ball once he has it. But um, savvy route runner, really impressed with the way he's produced and, and improved throughout the course of his short career. Um, you know, evaluated him coming out, knew he was a good football player, but um, really just taken off, you know, so it's a big challenge for us. Yeah, it's going to be a big challenge. And what he said there that really caught my attention was the yards after the catch and the fact that the Raiders had so many missed tackles last week against Chicago. They had 13 missed tackles, according to Pro Football Focus, and Marcus Peters had four of them. So yards after the catch, it's one thing to get him in space and then him just get the yards after the catch. It's another thing when you're in position to make a play and make a tackle. You've got to do that. We're talking about keys to victory. That's one of the big ones right there, keys to victory. Don't miss all these tackles. Wrap up. I, I get it. Everyone's going for the peanut punch. Everyone's trying to knock the ball out. Everyone's trying to strip the ball. I get it. I'm for it. I would love to see turnovers. I would also love to see tackles. You've got to be able to tackle these guys. And, and you know, one guy get them, another guy get them, start to, you know, get them to the ground, and maybe the third guy could come in and try to olay that ball out of there or try to punch that ball out of there. But, man, you can't just go for the strip every time or go for the punch and then allow a guy to get another 10 or 15 yards on top of that. You just can't, especially on when it's, like, third and long and they dump it down, little short check down, then all of a sudden a four-yard run turns into a 14-yard play and a first down. Those are some of the most maddening, and I mean maddening, plays. When you're sitting there watching, and you know it's third and long, and they dump it short, you know, you're playing the sticks. They're playing the sticks defensively because the goal is to what? Make them throw it short and come up and make the tackle. Yeah, well, everything happens except for come up and make the tackle. That's that's the big issue. That's what, that's what they do all the time where they fail to do that, and that – is a problem. Final soundbite I want you to hear from Coach McDaniels as we met with him on Saturday is about players playing against a trade deadline and is that difficult and also for the front office is that difficult with the players playing on Monday knowing the trade deadline is coming up tomorrow? I don't know. It's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, the guy, like I said, Dave and, and Champ and that crew upstairs really, you know, they're, they're uh, monitoring whatever there is to monitor in that regard. Uh, that, that happens every year with every team. Um, so I'm sure there are going to be little things here and there that come up the next few days. Again, I just kind of I'm going to stay focused on the game, you know, and try to to really do the best we can to finish our preparation here for Detroit. And um, you know, again, I, I kind of go into every year thinking that you know, it's not much that's going to 
you know, happen that would, would affect us. And if something does come up, then it'll be worth a conversation. But, um, again, I think the focus now is just on the Detroit game. It's got to be focused on the Detroit game. It really is. And those are the sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels uh, that we got on Saturday. Again, just had a, an opportunity to catch up with him and get into the Raiders locker room for a few minutes as they prepared for their you know, final practice and following their final practice uh, as they took off to Detroit. They took off on Sunday, and they have arrived. And, well, it's, it's, it's almost go time, right? <laughs> Again, we got Vinny Bonsignor coming up at 2 o'clock to give you his final thoughts on the Raiders. we got Bridget Condon from NFL Network. She'll join us coming up in about 10 minutes from now to talk about the Raiders and the Lions all from Detroit so uh, we've got plenty to get to in the meantime in between time still got some text that I want to get to at 69187 keyword r of course you can che- chime in as well at 702-365-9200 with the Oyo Hotel and Casino the Underground Lounge we're here every single Monday for Monday Night Football today just a little bit earlier than usual since uh, you know we've got the pregame show starting at 315 and then kickoff will be at 515 here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Mark in New Jersey said keys to victory Clean game, no turnovers, and an offensive explosion. That would be, that would be, it's so funny to say that, and it sounds so simple and sounds so, you know, basic and fundamental, but that is, that is so spot on. And there's been too many times, especially in the red zone, when it's not a clean game, right? I mean, I go back to a couple weeks ago where the Raiders get down to the four-yard line on a nice Josh Jacobs run, gets called back because of a parham holding penalty. So now suddenly you're at the 14 instead of the four-yard line. Think about the you know play a couple weeks ago when Jacoby Myers has the push off in the uh, in the red zone, offensive pass interference. Now Austin, you're back ten more yards, and it just it seems like there's always something that happens. And nine times out of ten times, when it happens, is in the red zone at the worst time, the very worst time, because then you're you're making it that much more difficult. They already struggled to score touchdowns, right? They they already struggled to score touchdowns consistently throughout the course of the game. A lot of times they'll get it done in the first quarter and when they're coming back in the fourth quarter. But the second and third quarter is almost like it just doesn't happen. You know, every once in a while, they'll be able to get something in the second quarter. But, man, the third quarter has been almost almost nothing. So, yeah, that clean game is so important. We usually just talk about penalties, but it's timing of some of these penalties, too. Again, that, that man, that damn red zone is it's almost like kryptonite for the Raiders. They get there, and it's, it's like that's their, you know, it's, also the, it's like a magnetic force. It keeps them out of the end zone. It's the most frustrating thing ever. They've got to be able to find a way to play cleaner, especially in the red zone. Again, Mark in Jersey, thanks for that text. Uh, Another text is from the 707. Key to victory, number one, be a little unpredictable for once on offense. And number two, don't play like you just got up at 3 in the morning. Facts, 707. That's from that, uh, that energy I was talking about, energy and effort. It didn't feel like that against Chicago. It felt like that game uh, back in the day, and, and I say back in the day because I thought the Raiders were past it, but it, it, and I say it, I've said it probably about five or six times since that game on Sunday, but it felt like that typical 10 a.m. Pacific time kickoff for the Raiders, right? I mean, it used to be a time when you knew every time that the Raiders had to play in the Eastern time zone that it was going to be a bad day. You just knew it. Oh, man, the Raiders have a 10 a.m. kickoff. It's going to be terrible. Like, there was a point where you just knew as a fan, that that was going to be a fact. And I felt like that they started to turn that corner and got over that. But that's what it felt like to me. I mean, I don't know if anyone else felt that way, but that's how I felt watching that game on, on Sunday against the Bears. I'm just looking at the TV and telling the wife, like, man, they just seem like they're out there sleepwalking. Like, they, you know, they didn't even get off the bus. You know, maybe the alarm clock, they hit snooze a couple times, and they just never woke up out of that fog. You know, sometimes you're just in that fog when you wake up and you can't really get your wits about yourself. It just seemed like that's what it was, man. The Raiders had nothing. They couldn't just they couldn't put anything together. And that's how you lose a game to a team like the Bears, who you should not lose to. 
you know, we, it's funny. We had a guy here sitting there in front of us here at the Underground Lounge who had a Chicago Bears uh, jersey on a Justin Fields jersey when I was saying that they, they got embarrassed by the Bears and they shouldn't have. The Bears aren't a good team. And he kind of looked at me like, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just it, they're not. They're just not a good team. That's really one of those losses that should have never, ever happened. Got a text from the 925. Uh, the Patriots line, outside linebacker Josh Uche would be a solid trade. Yeah, he would. He'd be a really good trade. I'm, I'm interested, and I really am interested to see if the Raiders make any kind of moves before the deadline. I really am interested. The deadline is tomorrow at 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, so uh, we'll see. You know, there's already been some moves made around the league, and, of course, uh, the move earlier today that, that uh, the Giants and the Seahawks made. Uh, the Seahawks acquired Leonard Williams from the Giants for a second-round pick in 2024 and a fifth-round pick in 2025, which is way too rich for the Raiders' blood. Way too rich for the Raiders' blood. A good trade for the uh, for the Seahawks, I think, and a really good trade for the Giants. Getting that in return for a player that yeah, he's not he's not the big cat that he was, right? I mean, at one point he was a super stud, but now you think about it, this is his third team he's been on. He's been on both New York teams, and now he's going to be in Seattle. I like him. I do as a player, but not for that capital. And apparently there was a bunch of teams that were intrigued by him, but the Seahawks were the ones that were willing to pay the most, and it makes sense. They're a team in first place. Right? The Niners have lost three games in a row. They're trying to figure out what in the hell's going on. And by the way, don't get me on another soapbox, but it's funny. We had Tyler Dragon on from USA Today on, on Friday, and I was talking about the 49ers, and I was talking about Brock Purdy being in concussion protocol, and he said, oh, yeah, I, I think Brock Purdy's going to play on Sunday. And I was like, come on. The dude went into concussion protocol. He, he got concussed, and I say that in air quotes, on Monday. Tuesday is when he hit the, the concussion protocol that we all know of. And then all of a sudden he's clear by, by Sunday. And to my knowledge, he's the first quarterback all season long that is clear concussion protocol the same week. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I could have sworn that the, every quarterback that's been concussed has had to miss at least one week, including Jimmy G, uh, including Anthony Richardson. And uh, I think there's one other quarterback. I can't remember who it was, but there's one other quarterback that missed as well. So it was really it blew my mind when I saw that on Saturday that he had cleared concussion protocol. And not even on Sunday. He cleared that thing on Saturday. In time, I mean, plenty of time. So it kind of made me scratch my head. I don't want to be that guy that stands on my soapbox with all the conspiracy theories, but that was a little quick to get rushed through concussion protocol like that. But, again, there's that. 126 is the time. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Join us next, Bridget Condon from NFL Network. She'll join us to talk about all things Lions and Raiders as she's in Detroit. She's in the Motor City for Monday Night Football. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs six foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made to order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We are at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge. We're here for Monday Night Football each and every Monday. We're a little earlier today than we normally are as the Raiders and the Lions will be taking place from the Motor City 515 kickoff here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Joining us now from Detroit is our good friend from NFL Network, Bridget Condon. And, Bridget, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you. What's the vibe been like since you got in Detroit and all the fans excited about this Monday night football game, the first one they've had since 2018? 
Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm actually standing outside the stadium right now. I just got dropped off in my Uber, and the parking lots are crazy. <laughs> the food smells so good. There's music blasting. So much blue here. I have seen Raiders fans, though, too, so don't worry. But this city is excited. This is a huge moment for them. It's their first Monday night game that they've hosted since 2018 in a primetime game. Remember, this is a Lions team that when the, the schedule came out in 2022, they originally had no primetime games. Of course, you know, with flex and everything, they did have some. They've won three straight primetime games. So this is a big, this will be a big test for both teams who are both coming off ugly losses last week. Yeah, there's no doubt. Of course, the Raiders need to get back in the win column, but the Lions, they were uh, embarrassed by the Baltimore Ravens, which the Baltimore Ravens are a really good team. There's no doubt about it, so there's no shame in that, but I know the style which they lost. They're, they're going to be upset about that. How do you expect Dan Campbell? What are your thoughts on Campbell and how he's going to have these guys ready to go tonight? I think they're going to be fired up, right, from the moment the game begins because of what he's done here, right? The biggest thing that I've seen is just the mindset change, the culture change here in Detroit. He's really gotten this team to believe in themselves. We all saw it in hard knocks, and we've seen the kind of vibe, that grit. I'm watching, uh, looking at Ford Field right now on the outside, and it says grit on the outside. That is what this team has really prided themselves on, and that scrappiness. That, I was talking to wide receiver Josh Reynolds this week, and he told me, we don't have a ton of stars, but what we do have is guys who maybe didn't get a chance at other teams. They came here, Dan Campbell gave them a chance, and they have that fight in them, that want to win, and I think that's been instilled in every player on this roster, and we're going to see that here tonight. You know, we all saw Jared Goff when he was in L.A. with the Rams when, we, when he was drafted number one overall, and then we saw him get traded from the Rams to Detroit, and it was almost like a throwaway or like an addition. Oh, yeah, and we'll throw in Jared Goff as well for uh, Matt Stafford. How have you seen him really adapt not only to that team but to that city? I think he fits in perfectly here. He is a quiet guy. You know, I mentioned Josh Reynolds, and I was talking to him, and they played together actually with the Rams. They played together for a long time. And he said, you know, I said, what's your relationship with Jared? And he's like, well, I don't really talk. Jared doesn't really talk. So if we're in a room together, it's pretty silent. But he's adapted this culture and the players respect him. And he really is a guy that keeps his head down and works hard. And I think this has been the perfect scenario for him. And he's really gotten back to that Jared Goff who we saw with the Rams when he had that success before he was traded here. So I really think that him and Dan Campbell has found a really good rhythm together. We talked about the electricity and the excitement that's going to be inside of Ford Field. How much more do you think will be magnified since tonight is their kind of homecoming, uh, alumni being honored, all the greats that played there? How much more do you think they'll add to that energy there? A ton, right? Anytime you have the guys that you're – team is really founded on in the building you want to go out and play a little harder for them it's funny i was just talking to someone about all the storylines in tonight's game and i also talked to max crosby this week mm -hmm. it's such a cool moment for him to come back to detroit and it's like when you look at this game it would feel like all the energy and excitement just looking at all the fans here are in the lion's way right it would be really hard to come in and and lose with all of this here this excitement this moment for the city but then i, I mean you can never really count the raiders out um and you can really never count any nfl team out the way this season has gone so I think it's going to be a really good game. I hope it's a close game, and I hope, you know, 
it's just a fun one to watch. Yeah, no, we're excited about it again. Raiders and the Lions from Detroit. It's going to be fun. Monday Night Football. Bridget Condon from NFL Network is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You mentioned Max Crosby. You put out a fantastic piece on NFL.com about Max and the fact that the Lions passed on him not once, not twice, but three times in the draft in 2019 before the Raiders eventually got him. And he's not angry, uh, but he remembers. So what was that conversation like with Mad Max Crosby when he's talking about his hometown team, the Detroit Lions? What a great interview he is. You get to know these players, and you have your favorites of who you interview, right? He's just such a good guy to talk to, and he's always so interesting. That conversation was awesome. I didn't really understand the magnitude of this for him because, you know, he went to high school in Texas, so I kind of thought his ties still were to Texas, but no, he was born here in Detroit, moved when he was 11, came back here, played at Eastern Michigan, and just, uh, I believe last night or sometime this weekend, he and his wife, Rachel, just donated a million dollars to the Eastern Michigan Athletics Department, so he really has those strong ties here in Detroit, he said, or in Michigan overall, he said his family, his friends, so many people are coming to this game, he hasn't played here yet, he's just... I was trying to get a little from him, like, what's it like coming here? He's like, I can't say anything. You just got to watch. You just got to watch. That's all I'll say. And as you mentioned, they passed on him three times in the 2019 draft. Yeah, I said, are you mad? He's like, I can't be mad, but I remember it. I remember everything. And it's just, you know, it'd be, of course, Raiders fans are so happy to have a guy like Max Crosby, but it'd be crazy to think about this Lions team with Aiden Hutchinson and Max Crosby as the two guys coming after the opposing quarterback. Could you imagine that? Oh, that would be nuts. That would be absolutely nuts. I thought about that earlier, and I kind of think of Aiden Hutchinson similar to Max Crosby just because of the motor that they both play with. They just never quit. But isn't it amazing how there could be a talent like a Max Crosby in your own backyard, and they just kind of slip through the draft process? I think we've seen that happen with so many players, right? I think Mm -hmm. the draft is such a situation where how often is the top pick or top ten pick you know, as successful as these random guys later, like we see it with Brock Purdy right now. And, you know, obviously there are a lot of factors that go into it and who's to say, but uh, I think that happens more often than not, that these guys kind of fall through the cracks. And I'm sure City is kind of wishing they had Max Crosby found a way. Of course, it was a different um, that's here now. I'm sure Dan Campbell loves him. It feels like right. those two have a lot of similarities. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Again, Bridget Condon from NFL Network is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So on the Raiders' side of things, I mean, we talked about Max. They get Jimmy G back tonight. So what are your expectations for this Raiders' offense that really has not got clicking all, all, all season long? I know. You, you hate to see that Jimmy has missed time because I do believe it takes time for a quarterback and their receivers, even offensive lines, to really click. And I think – the more time that the Raiders have Jimmy Garoppolo on the field, the better that they're going to be, just the longer they all get to know each other's playing styles. I do think, you know, he's fired up to get back out. Um, Josh McDaniels said that he felt like Jimmy had an extra pep in his step at practice this week. So I think it'll be really good to get him back. The other piece of it, though, is um, Josh Jacobs, who mm-hmm. hasn't had the season that he had last season so far. He did have a slower start the first four games last season but now in week eight we'd love to see him get going and 
it's going to be tough, though, against this Lions defense that ranks, I believe, number two in run defense so far. Yeah, their run defense is really stinking good. They give about 75 yards a game, so it's going to be tough sledding for a team that has not found a way to run the ball yet this season. Well, I did want to ask you about the run game, but as far as the Lions go, they don't have David Montgomery, so they're going to have Gibbs and uh, Reynolds are going to be the main two guys, and they don't, they're not David Montgomery. So how do you think that without Montgomery that that's going to impact the Lions' offense tonight? Well, Tom Pelissero, my colleague, just posted on Twitter that Amon Ross St. Brown is expected to play, so that's mm. a huge boost yep. for this Lions' offense as well. Um, I think you know, if they get out to an early lead and just start throwing the ball to Josh Reynolds, Amon Ross St. Brown, I think that they'll find success. But, you know, this is going to be a really good matchup because we've talked about the Raiders, and, of course, they've had their struggles. But with Max Crosby in this passing defense, they rank coming into this week in the top five in terms of pass defense. So it could be really interesting if they're – if they find a way to shut down Jared Goff, shut down this passing game, and then the Lions are forced to run it, I think that's the way, you know, I'm sure they're drawing it up to try and, and find a way to win. That, to me, seems like the best chance. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to have to be something, right? Max, I think, is going to have to be a big factor. Like he said, he can't talk about it. You just have to pay attention to watch. And you know we <laughs> will all be paying attention to watch what Max Crosby's got going on. Well, Bridget, fantastic stuff as always. What are you, uh, what are you working on next that uh, we should be on the lookout for? We already saw that great piece that you put out for, about Max. I don't know, man. Taking it day by day. I'm actually standing <laughs> outside freezing my little fingers off right now. Oh, so no. I can't even think straight anymore. No. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we'll be back. I'll be back in L.A. tomorrow. And, uh, of course, the Chargers always keep me busy. But hopefully we'll be uh, talking Raiders more. I mean, hey, anything's happening in the, in the league this season. So, yeah, know. there's no doubt. We'll get inside the press box and warm up. We definitely appreciate <laughs> okay. you giving us a few minutes of your time. Yeah, appreciate it. I'll talk to you later. All right, see ya. There she goes. Bridget Condon, a cold Bridget Condon out there at NFL Network uh, in Detroit and uh, giving us a few minutes of her time. Standing out in the cold, we definitely appreciate Bridget. But, yeah, her piece out on NFL.com about Max Crosby and the fact that the Lions passed on him three times, and that was his, that was his team growing up, right? And that happens, like she said, that happens in the draft all the time where guys that you know are looking at certain teams or grew up rooting for that certain team and they just get passed on and passed on and passed on. Then they look back and be like, how the hell did we miss that player? I'm sure the Lions are thinking that right now. How do we miss on that guy who is right in our own backyard all the time? If anyone had a, a beeline to Max Crosby, it would have been the Detroit Lions. But uh, it worked out great for the Raiders. I'm glad that they have him. Without Max Crosby, could you imagine where the silver and black would be right now? Boy, I don't even want to think about that. 1.42 is the time. When we come back, she mentioned Tom Pelissero. Pelissero is the one that reported over the weekend about the Raiders having a, a, a team meeting on Thursday where everything goes. I thought it was a great step. Uh, I don't know what that's going to mean as far as results on the field, but I do think it's good to hear grievances, hear people out when they have something to say. I think that that's a good thing. So uh, you'll hear what Tom Pelissero had to say. We'll talk about it. Plus, we'll get your calls and texts as we close out hour number two of the show live from the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge with Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness live at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Here's your boy Q. Many thanks to Bridget Condon from NFL Network. Join us in the last segment. We got Vinny Bonsignor live from Detroit. He'll join us as we kick off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920, a little earlier than normal. Normally we're on 2 to 5 p.m., but because it's a game day, because the Raiders kick off at 5.15, JT the Brick will take over at 3.15, uh, leading you up to to kick off with uh, with uh, 
Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy on the call, but you'll have Eric Allen and JT on the official pregame show coming up starting around 3.15. So we're rocking 12 to about 3.10 here at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and uh, Casino. I want you to hear from Tom Pelissero in a quick minute, but I want to give you an update. I mentioned the actives and inactives and uh, the fact that there's going to be around 90 minutes before kickoff. You'll get the official who's out as far as the Raiders go, the, the actives and inactives. And this is a pretty good sign of who's going to be uh, inactive. Uh, they have, the Raiders just tweeted out they activated linebacker Curtis Bolton from the reserve injured list. Who He was coming back from a knee injury. And they placed linebacker Kanai Maoga on the reserve injured list. Okay, he was a guy who hurt himself, hurt his knee, and he was out. Uh, we found that out on Sunday. But here we go. In addition, we've activated kicker James McCourt and wide receiver DJ Turner from the practice squad. So if kicker James McCourt has been activated, most likely, that means Daniel Carlson is out for this game. So, of course, we'll get the official word coming up 90 minutes before kickoff. But uh, as you heard Coach McDaniel say earlier, uh, that there's no reason to have two kickers active on game day. So if they've activated James McCourt, most likely 90 minutes before kickoff, we'll get the inactives and kicker Daniel Carlson will be on there. That is a big, big loss for the Raiders as far as I'm concerned in this game. But I mentioned Tom Pelissero and mentioned the Raiders meeting that they had on Thursday that we found this out. I believe this audio came down and the sound from NFL Network came down, I believe, on Saturday, late Saturday, maybe on Sunday. But uh, it's just real quick on uh, on their meeting that they had and what it consisted of and, you know, how it all came about. Thank you very much. Rich, let's start in Las Vegas where the Raiders are entering a critical stretch of their season. Coach Josh McDaniels, I'm told, opened the floor in a team meeting on Thursday to players, allowing them to voice all the frustrations that at times have bubbled over publicly during the team's three and four start. Guys like Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs all spoke up, but so did players from every area of the roster. And nothing from personnel to scheme to culture to coaching was off limits. I'm told that the meeting was considered by players to be very positive. It was cathartic. They got a lot of things off their chest, a chance to bond a little bit and kind of emotionally reset before a big game Monday night against the Lions, Mike. So there you go. That's Tom Pelissero real quick from the NFL Network just talking about what the meeting consisted of, why they had it, what it was all about, and the fact that Coach McDaniels opened up the floor. I think that that was a good thing. I do think that that was a positive, and, you know, guys are able to speak their mind. We'll ask Vinny about that coming up at 2 o'clock, what he's hearing about it, uh, you know, what he thinks about it in general. Obviously, he's been around a lot of NFL franchises, a lot of teams. So, uh, you know, again, I, th these kind of meetings don't guarantee that they're going to all of a sudden go on a winning streak. They don't. But, uh, again, to, to know that the head coach, uh, you know, didn't mind having these guys, you know, voice their opinions and uh, everyone speak on what's really going on and what they feel like is going on as they're sitting there and they're underachieving. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you look at the Raiders, you look at their their schedule, and, and you look at their 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 uh, their record, and I think there's no doubt that you can see that yeah, they've severely underachieved, especially offensively, right? I mean, they, these guys average 16 points a game. Like, think about that, 16 points a game, and you have all the weapons that they have and an offensive-minded head coach. That should never happen. It really shouldn't, and so there's a, a huge disconnect somewhere. Uh, I don't know where it is. I'm not inside the meeting room. I'm not inside the practice. I'm definitely not inside the 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 the, the mind or the you know the headset of Josh McDaniels when he's calling plays. But clearly, that offense has been on the struggle bus all season long. So speaking of offense, I threw the threw the question out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line and the phone line as well, 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. &R. What is going to be the keys to victory? Who are we talking about tomorrow? What do the Raiders need to do 
to find a way to get a dub and improve to 4-4 four and four overall and uh, give the Lions a, a, a loss, man. And, and it would be an upset, right? They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites, uh, the Lions are right now, uh, according to, to many out there. So, uh, yeah, it would be a, a big-time upset. I don't think many. I think everyone, all the, all the big national names, I think they're all picking the Lions to win the game. I know I picked the Lions to win the game just because of the last thing I saw from the Raiders. I just I want to see better, and I don't mind being wrong. So if, uh, if I'm wrong, that's a good thing. I'll take that. I have no problem with that. And also, one to throw out there, are you encouraged by the open team meeting that the Raiders had last week? Again, just Josh McDaniels opening up the floor to anybody to want to say whatever they want to say and get it off their chest. And, you know, it, again, allowing the coach to hear what's on the mind of the players and how they're feeling, uh, I think it's a good thing. Some coaches wouldn't care to hear what's going on or, or be willing to hear what's going on. I think it's a positive step. Again, who knows how that translates, but I think it's a positive step. So you can let us know about it. 69187, keyword R&R. And, of course, 702-365-9200. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q and Danny, good afternoon, gentlemen, on this pre-Monday night football for our Raiders. I'm going to keep it simple. Just win, baby. All I want is a road win here on Monday night football. I'm pre-gaming my liver here for tonight's big game. Thanks, as always, Q. Looking forward to a fantastic show and a game tonight that is from Sir Whiskey Ray. And love the fact that he said he's pre-gaming his liver right now. He's getting prepared. <laughs> He's getting prepared. I, I ain't mad at that. Uh, let's see. We got a text from the 707. Will Levis just threw as many touchdowns in one game as Garoppolo has all season. Yeah, I knew that text was coming at some point today. <laughs> I did. I knew I knew the text about Will Levis was on the way. And, man, he put on a hell of a performance. I got to give him credit for that. Put on a hell of a performance for uh, the Tennessee Titans uh, yesterday. Uh, they, Man, he was him and that, that connection for him and DeAndre Hopkins uh, was really good. Yeah, yesterday. So got to give him a lot of credit. The rookie got his first start in the league, and, and he did not disappoint. Uh, and then another text from the 707. All I got from the info on the meeting is that the players weren't comfortable or able to have as much of a voice before said meeting. Definitely doesn't sound good. And that could be true. That could be true, but at least they were heard at that point. At least they were heard. And, you know, people always talk about Josh McDaniels doesn't, isn't worried about what the players think or don't care what the players think or this, that, and the other. But to open up the the floor to them to say, say what's on their mind and say how they feel. I mean, I, I feel like even on accident, you got to take something in, right? If you're hearing something, matter of fact, if it's repeated multiple times, you've got to be able to take something in. Now, again, I don't know how that means he's going to respond to it, but just being willing to at least listen, I think means a little something. Uh, let's see. Also, what is Sir Whiskey Ray saying here? Uh, yeah, he said, P.S. Messi for number eight. Um. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you got me on a soccer reference. I'm gonna have to bring in. Uh, I'm gonna have to bring in Tyler. Tyler Bischoff from uh from the press box on uh, our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, he's a uh, he's a soccer aficionado. Oh, Danny. Okay, Danny. Danny's got to cover. All right, Danny. Give me the explanation on this. Go ahead and and hop on there and and give me the explanation of what we're talking about here. Uh, yeah. So basically, the uh, Ballon d'Or, however you pronounce it, it's French. I'm not too sure. Okay. Um, it's basically just the player of the year in the soccer world. Oh, okay. So that's oh, – that's, why didn't you just say so? Why didn't you just say so, uh, Sir Whiskey Ray? Say soccer player of the year, man. Don't get me with no words that you know I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand half these words. No, but good stuff. Thanks so much. Let's quickly go out to the phone lines, talk to our guy, Raider X. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Raider X? Hey, Q. So about your topic about um, having that, uh, that meeting – I believe it's a step. It's a really good step. Um, you know, we'll, we'll wait to see after tonight's game if it's positive or in, <clears throat> excuse me, I mean, all choked up. <laughs> um, negative. 
Um, because, you know, it, it really is a, it's a point of transparency. And everybody's putting their feelings out there. And, oh, uh, wow. Excuse yeah, you're, you're going oh. through it. <laughs> yeah, I'm over here trying to trying to talk while, while chewing on a, on a breakfast bar. Um, <clears throat> not a good mix, bro. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so, you know, just getting back to the point. You know, you, you, we're going to find out because obviously you know, everybody put it there. And there had to be some conversation of some things that some, that some of the players asked of Josh McDaniels. And, you know, and, and also, you know, by, vice versa of asking, you know, hey, you know, what do you think of this and what do you think of that? And that conversation, obviously, they really dug in and, you know, asked for some, you know, some really revealing questions. They're all going to know and they're all going to find out. All that frustration of that, you know, Devontae, you know, uh, talked about Max Crosby. You know, we heard, you know, Josh Jacobs talk about, you know, some of the frustration. And they're all voicing it. And obviously there's probably a lot of other murmurs out there in the in, in the in the locker room. So, you know, they're gonna know, hey, is is it real or is he just, you know, filling us up with gas? Right. You know, what, what, what is it? Where are we gonna go? And if they don't if we don't see that turnaround or start seeing at least doesn't mean a win, but if we see that energy and they go out there and perform like they are hungry, like they do like they're showing that they're that they're going, they're training in the right direction. That's a big plus. It also is a big plus because it's the day before the trade trade deadline. Yeah. And yep. if they go do that, hey, they can just pull the pull the trigger. Right. You know, right. so that so that that might be a good a good thing. So you know, I look forward for tonight, and I uh, look forward to you know having a good conversation, man. Thank you for your time, brother. Have hey, a good th- hey, thanks so much, Raider X, man. Hopefully you clear up that uh, that little choker that you have. Hopefully you're able to clear that up, man. I need you to be careful out there. You know, it's, it's hard out there for you. But, no, uh, good stuff, man. And, yeah, I do think it was a positive. Like I said, it's up to the team and up to the coaching staff to take what they learned in this meeting and, and translate it and make it translate to the field and, and start to win. That's on them. But, again, I just think that's a good step in the right direction, uh, just hearing everyone out and, and hearing what they're thinking about the, the direction of the season, the direction of the team, you know, and, the, and the, the failures that they've had, quite frankly. I mean, that's just what they've had. 157 is the time. Speaking of that meeting, we'll ask Vinny Bonsignor next as he joins the show. Kicks off hour number three. We're at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge is where we're at for Monday Night Football with Radio Nation Radio 9. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. 20.